Hi, welcome. My name is Justine. I'm a relationship coach who gives a shit about experiencing love at its deepest level with other human beings. I help women open their hearts to love to their very core, to be fully together without losing herself. This podcast is your guide on your journey to turn your relationship tragedy into triumph, into the story of the hero, like a heroine's journey, basically. So get ready to get your shift together with me. And without further ado, let's get started. Today, we're going to be talking about conflict. I think conflict deserves a lot of space here on this podcast, especially since this is a podcast for relationships. And what is the number one thing that I think most couples or most people that are in relationships avoid? That is conflict. I think people are avoiding conflict because it hurts. I know it it totally makes sense because I know that I avoid conflict too with my husband, with my children, because I just know that if there's a conflict, not only does it slow down what it is I'm trying to achieve, like, okay, now we're in conflict and we have to stop and we have to have timeouts and we have to talk about these uncomfortable things. Um, but yeah, like conflict is it's not fun. Sometimes it hurts. There are these feelings that feel really intolerable, sometimes really uncomfortable. And so it makes a lot of sense that we would try to run away from conflict. And again, it does kind of slow things down when you're kind of a high achieving person, or a high functioning type of person. Um, Conflict is something that you might see because I know I've seen it this way too, where it's like, if I have this if I have to bring up this topic right now, which is going to bring up conflict, we're going to have to slow down. I'm going to have to attune to this person. Um, you know, I have to just kind of like, I can't afford to do that. You know, like it kind of gets into your head about like, I can't afford to slow down enough to attune to this person because it's going to slow me down and it's going to slow my work down. And I don't want to be slowed down. I just want to keep going, going and going. Um, yeah, so it, yeah, that makes so much sense. I am with you. How many of us are following, you know, raise your hands. I know I can't see you, but you can, you can just be answering in your heart and in your mind. So I just want to say that in a relationship, you are not successful because you have no problems or because you're not, you don't experience conflict. Like that is not the end goal of a relationship. And so I'm here to just remind you of that. And also, um, here's why, you know, I mentioned in a previous podcast and when we go through conflict, what that really means is, um, first of all, that what that really means is that you have values and another person has a set of values. And when you're in conflict, it just means that things are not in alignment or things are, you're disagreeing with somebody and, all it means is that you have a set of values and it's not lining up with somebody else's, you know, uh, what happens though, is sometimes our emotions get involved in conflict and it can bring up a lot of like old things that happen, um, things that I don't want to remember that happened, you know, all of that can happen in conflict. And I think that's what we're mostly trying to avoid. But I do want to just, again, say that you are not successful based on the fact that you do not have conflict or that you do not have problems. In fact, I think if you're a couple that is not experiencing uh, problems or you're not experiencing any kind of conflict, then I kind of question, what is it that you're keeping quiet about that you're not speaking up about? Maybe like, you know, I just kind of question, are you expressing yourself? Do you know what you desire? Do you have a set of values? Do you cave? Do you, you know, what are you committed to? Um, So I have all these questions for people who say that they're not in any kind of conflict or any kind of um, problems in their relationship. The point in relationships is not to avoid arguments or conflict, because like I said, when you go through conflicts, when you go through arguments, it doesn't have to be like, and you know, by the way, an argument is just that it's a disagreement. It's, it's like a debate. And it doesn't have to mean screaming, yelling, intensity, chaos, and all of that. An argument is just, it's just that I don't agree with what you're saying. And I'm bringing up a different point of view. All right. Um, Let's start with a shared definition of what conflict is. The Merriam-Webster Dictionary actually defines conflict as a struggle resulting from incompatible or opposing needs, drives, and or wishes. It's a disagreement or an argument. So I really want to destigmatize conflict 
in relationships. It can be super healthy to be in conflict in your relationships, right? And we are all pretty much bound at some point or another, you will push up against somebody else's values or their, you, you know what I mean? Like their value system and there will be conflict. Now, whether or not we want to actually go through the conflict and actually speak up um, or have the courage to say something or communicate that we have a problem, that's a whole nother story, right? That doesn't mean that just because you don't bring up that you have certain feelings does not mean that you're not in conflict because whether or not you communicate that you have a disagreement or whatever, you're experiencing conflict within you internally, inside you, because you're feeling it and you're already thinking like, oh, this doesn't align with me. And so just because you don't communicate it with your partner or whoever it is that you need to communicate it to doesn't mean that that problem does not exist. It does not mean that conflict does not exist. So get that into your head. Conflict doesn't mean like I'm not having the, the talk about this thing. You're already experiencing conflict. So you might as well communicate the conflict to your partner so that you both have a higher chance of getting through it. Also, it is not, it's less about like trying to not have conflict and more about how to get through the conflict. How do you navigate the conflict? And we'll talk more about that um, a little bit later. The point I was trying to make right now, we're all bound. We are all at some point, just we're going to have conflict. And I want to highlight, again, facing conflict can be very healthy in relationships. Conflict is a healthy thing. It's how we get through it. It's how we do it. Right? That That's what matters. So going back to the definition of conflict, when I read the definition out loud, did any of that scream bad or negative? I'm going to read it again. The definition of conflict is a struggle resulting from incompatible or opposing needs, drives, or wishes. It's a disagreement or argument. So what in that screams, does, does any of that scream negative or bad or something to stay away from? It doesn't scream negative or bad to me. Um, but like I said, within conflict, a lot of the time we are experiencing intensity, rage, right? Like maybe I know that when I'm in conflict, because I don't know how to communicate it, I rage, right? Or maybe my partner rages. And it's like, it's hurtful. It hurts me. And it disturbs the peace. And it disturbs our harmony. And it's chaotic. And I feel like I'm going to lose my shit sometimes when we're in conflict. Like those are all very normal feelings to have. And if you are kind of questioning like, well, you know, when we have conflict, it gets really fucking crazy and intense. And like, it's like borderline, like, you know, um, abusive. And so there's a difference here. Um, I just want to make sure that like, just right off the bat that I, um, differentiate what I'm talking about here. So I'm not saying that it's okay to, um, I'm saying that conflict can be healthy and I'm not saying that it's okay to hurt each other physically, emotionally, mentally being like, like kind of consciously choosing to, when I know I've hurt you, to continue to do that over and over again, um, to abuse it um, or vice versa. So I just really want to make that clear. But I also want to say, here's the, you know, here's a caveat. You are not fucked up. You are not a fucked up person. If you get in a rage with someone, if you get in a rage with your partner or a significant other, your children, right? Uh, moms out there, like, you know, I just really want to destigmatize our anger and our conf like the conflict that we feel inside about our anger, even like, like we might rage and that is totally okay. Sometimes I just want you to know that you're human and you're experiencing something very human. And sometimes we feel like we've fallen and sometimes it feels like the end of the world. Um, and, you know, I also want to bring up that it might not be. Are your children in imminent danger? I think that is the most important question. Is your partner in imminent danger? Right? Um, you don't have to make yourself wrong. You don't have to make yourself wrong. Because the more you do that, the more likely you're going to start to feel shame. 
And shame is is huge. In relationships, shame plays a really big part in keeping us stuck in the same patterns over, like we'll be doing the same thing over and over and feeling like we're lost because we don't know where the fuck we're going. And we're just doing the same thing. We're in this loop of conflict. We're always fighting. I really want to avoid that now. I really want peace in my relationship. So I really don't want to bring this, this, this thing up. Like that's not the answer, right? The answer isn't to avoid it because if you think about like avoiding something, when you try to avoid something, really what you're doing is kind of running around in circles about that thing. So let's say like um, I'm trying to avoid conflict. Conflict becomes the center of my life. I am trying to avoid it. And in that, in, in avoiding it, I am kind of like paying a lot of attention to it. I'm hypervigilant or looking and, and seeing, oh, where's conflict? Is conflict coming up around the corner? Oh my gosh, I have to avoid it. Oh no, here comes another conflict. Oh no, he's saying something that's like pissing me off. I got to get away. So it's like your life is organized to avoid conflict. And ironically, in trying to avoid conflict, you are making conflict the center of your life and then it continues to perpetuate, right? So isn't that really interesting? I remember when somebody brought that up um, when I heard about that for the first time, where it's like the thing that you're trying to avoid, avoid becomes like the center of your life. Uh, because we just basically, it's always, it's present. Like I said, it's because it's presence is there. Like I might already feel conflicted with something, but just because I don't communicate it or just because I don't bring it to life doesn't mean it's not, it doesn't exist. Right. Like I can't be like a little kid, um, who covers their eyes and pretends that things that I'm not here anymore. And so people can't see me. Like if I close my eyes, I think like, oh, okay. Like I can't see myself. So nobody can see me and I'm just hiding and, you know, but people can see me. I'm still there. It's kind of like that. So look, you're, you're a human having a very human experience, right? But can you learn to do better? Do you need support? Like what, what now? It's like, I really love to, to kind of hang out in that space. Like, okay, conflict's not so bad. But what now? What now when I'm always like over and over finding myself in conflict and not knowing how to navigate and neither does my my partner? We have proven time and time again that we just can't get through this. So maybe we should break up. What should we do? Like maybe we're not compatible for each other. Maybe like this is just the worst crisis in the world. Um, I remember there was a time where like my husband and I, we weren't good at conflict before. And then we'd gotten married and I'm just like starting to question, why the fuck did I get married when I already knew that we didn't do conflict well? And here we are fighting over and over and over again. Did I make the wrong decision? Can I, can I, can I divorce or get an annulment at this point? Like there were times where I actually experienced that in my life. It's like, fuck, I'm trapped now. And I don't even know how to get out of this. I'm so fucking stuck. So what you can do is get support. If you're feeling too challenged, then you need to find some support. And it doesn't have to be like, I don't mean support, like go find, go hire somebody. There are benefits to hiring somebody for help. And there are benefits to also like not hiring somebody and looking within your life, the relationships that you have in your life, your friendships, your, your siblings, your parents, like who can you talk to? Do you have a friend that you can talk to? Do you have a support system or a support group you can join? There's so many resources out there. You don't have to find a coach, but also there are benefits when you pay somebody, you you're more likely to bring a challenge when you're paying someone, right? We don't want to, a lot of the time when we're not paying somebody, um, we don't want to bring a challenge because it would put a lot of strain on the relationship that we already have with, with someone, right? Um, so learn some skills that can get you through these conflicts, these toxic patterns, so that you can change the pattern, right? Um, I think a lot of the time we get so fixated on, I'm in this toxic pattern, we're always in conflict, we're always fighting, but get some help so that you can navigate the conflict, so that you can break these patterns, change the patterns. <sighs> okay, so... Um, I'm kind of wondering where I want to go from here. I'm kind of wondering where I should go from here. <laughs> okay. So in my notes here, I have, um, 
that most people say that they're committed to most people will say that they're committed to um having a loving relationship and and that's the reason why they're avoiding conflict because they want to say well i'm more committed to my peace and i'm more committed to having a loving relationship so i don't want to bring this up again because i know when i bring this up it's going to start a fight and my husband or my girlfriend or my wife is going to you know get crazy and i'm going to get crazy and then i'd rather not because i really want to be loving okay so that can be a cop out right again if you value something and you have something arise in you and you want like you want to get through the conflict in order to get through the conflict it requires work that was my daughter knocking if you heard it i don't know if you could hear it i have the little ones here at home and i am a mother of two if you didn't know i'm a mother of two um seven year old and five year old and so we're dealing with conflict all the time they're always in conflict I'm, and then I feel like conflicted. They're like tiny humans that have big, freaking big emotions. And we're all kind of learning because, you know, as it's like the first time every time, like, I mean, when they were younger, they loved each other so much in a way that was like, and they expressed like gratitude and joy. And, you know, it was more like joy and happiness and playing and all that. And as we, as they shift and get a little bit older, uh, where the eldest one, like I said, is seven, the younger one is five, they can both communicate now have really big feelings. One is not able to articulate, they're both not able to but like the the younger one is still not quite able to articulate um, and differentiate the emotions, the feelings, the um, to express their values and their you know what i mean like so it's like perfect for me to even as a coach and a relationship coach and somebody who helps adults get through this kind of stuff it's really interesting to watch children get into conflict because the way that they fight actually is a way a lot of us adults fight because our really what's happening is our inner ch child is getting kind of triggered um it's it's never really been healed or never been seen or um it was you know, our inner child might have been traumatized and still like very much wants to heal and be seen and understood and accepted by somebody. And when we don't feel like they're like we're in a love that truly accepts us for who we are, like we're, we're either going to go into that that whole like your, your nervous system kind of goes into fight or flight. And, um, you know, there are other archetypes, um, but fight or flight or flee, you know, fight, uh, fight, flee fawn responses, things like that. Right. So, um, it's so interesting to watch my kids. Like I have, they're both fighters. And so it can get, when you have two fighters, it can, it can start to kind of get violent even. Right. And so there's, it, it can be really stressful and wreak havoc on my nervous system. Sometimes, um, when the intensity gets up to a certain level, you know, it, I could be like, Oh, I need to get away and I'm overwhelmed. And my nervous system is like really effed up right now. So as, as, um, as a conscious, um, relationship coach and a conscious parent, what I'm trying to be really aware of is, uh, when my nervous system gets like super active and where I need to regulate myself, like to bring myself back to like homeostasis, to bring myself back to, um, a place where I can feel safe enough, right? Because usually we go into fight or flight because we're not feeling safe. We're feeling like we need to defend ourselves. We need to fight off like threat and harm. So I need to get to a place. It's I'm taking responsibility. I need to get to a place where I can feel safe enough so that we can resolve this thing that's going on and actually complete the cycle of um, this fight or flight cycle. Uh, we get stuck and we get trained to get stuck when the fight or flight cycle never ends. And so, you know, imagine if it never ends and you're always like in fight and you're just stuck in fight and you feel like you have to fight. So every time you get triggered that way, you're always trying to fight and fight and fight. And you might never like win if you don't win, like you don't finish this, like this fight that you're having and there's no like resolution from it, then you might get stuck there. Also for the person who flees, like if you're uh, running away from something and you feel immobilized, um, you might train yourself then to 
feel like things just things that are threatening immobilize you and then you don't actually conquer them or um, lean into them and see for yourself that you can actually beat it, then you know what I mean? Like you can get stuck in that that feeling of that's the reason why we get stuck. As adults, we might be in an argument with our partner in a conflict with our partner. And if we feel like it's too threatening, a lot of the time we'll collapse. Um, I know I can speak for myself. A lot of the time I would collapse when I was having an argument with my partner. I would get very like hypo aroused, which means like I would just kind of become really calm. Like my partner will bring the intensity. And I used to fight too. I used to have that fighter in me too. And we'd fight and it would get kind of like chaotic. That's That was like the beginning of our relationship. We went through phases of conflict, right? In the beginning of our relationship, we were just both fighters. So we both wouldn't give up and we would both keep fighting. And, and it would just like end up being really crazy, like almost irreparable because we would say things or do things um, that just seem like you couldn't really recover from that, you know? Um, but I think for us, like we've always known that we've loved each other very much. And so, um, there were times though, that seemed very bleak. And then we've gone through parts in our journey where like Jimmy will get really hyper aroused. So he's really, really aroused. Um, and I don't mean sexually, but just like, you know, chemically in the body, just very active, uh, with, the way that he comes at a, like uh, approaches conflict and in his in in being so intense like what happens to me is I drop so I go like the opposite side of the spectrum and I kind of drop and I become hypo aroused and I just kind of like get really calm and really slow and really like almost like like when a when a, an animal plays dead almost you know it's like I'm trying to conserve my energy at all costs and I'm trying to stick around and I don't want to leave. So then I become really hypo aroused and like I'm just now ineffective and kind of just like like I, I'm also very overwhelmed, but um, or maybe it's underwhelmed. Yeah, it's kind of weird because it's like over it's a little bit of overwhelm, but underwhelm, you know, Um. So yeah, we've gone through that as well. Um, we're a little bit more on that side of the spectrum still, but I realize that sometimes if my partner's being intense, like I kind of have to match the intensity, but also be very concise and clear about what I'm communicating um, so that it, you know, it's just like, because what would happen is when I became that way, when I would get really, really calm, um, it would actually make, it would actually increase, um, my husband would get even more intense I think to try to, to try to like get some kind of a rise out of me, you know, to try to get me to meet him at his level. Um, maybe it's like, I mean, there could, there's a lot of theories to that. Like maybe it's because he's feeling like I've abandoned him because I'm like really super quiet now. Um, so he will, he might try to like bring more intensity to have me respond so that we connect again. It's so funny how we try to connect in these really weird ways of conflict and stuff. Sometimes um, I hope that I'm y'all are still following me. Uh, I just feel like I love sharing these things because a lot of people think that we just have an amazing relationship because I'm a relationship coach and people are like, Oh, okay, that's great. That's why you guys are good at relationship. And that's not why we're good at relationship. It's because we fucking worked to, we learn the skills that got us through and to help us navigate through conflict, right? So this is why I'm sharing with you. So we've gone through those points. And now I, I, I've i learned that it, he actually appreciates it when I match his level. When I match his level, like when it's earlier on and it's not that crazy intense yet. But if he's starting to get intense, like if I match his level, but I'm like very, again, clear and concise about my boundary, about what I am available for in this conversation um, and bringing it back to what the actual issues are rather than getting like swept away and hooked by details that don't really, you know, that are like surface level and not really at the bottom of every argument that you ever have is a deeper issue. A lot of the time we want to focus on like details, like how many times did you do this? And like, where, where, why did you do this? And you know, all the where, uh, who, what, where, when, why questions start to come up. 
when it starts to get that way, it's like you you have to kind of um you can catch it there. When somebody starts to ask you why, when, where, what, how, like all these like surface level questions, just take that as maybe a moment to kind of slow down. This is really great for us to slow down because in conflict, it can be kind of like, you know, an action movie where things kind of get intense and you're at the climax and people are fighting and you you didn't even see that some guy slashed the other person and like the, they started tumbling and somehow at the end of it, like somebody got like really badly cut, but you didn't even get to see that because it just, it was all just this like crazy ball of energy. And then boom, all of a sudden you see that somebody's really, really been hurt right? That's how our fights can turn out to be. It's like big balls of energy. I bring energy. You bring energy. Our emotions are involved. Emotions are energy and motion. So then they just start to like, it becomes this big cloud of energy. And if we're not careful, it can turn into a really intense, crazy fight. Um, it can turn into um, physical violence, right? It can turn into um, violent communication. A lot of people are like, what's violent communication? Violent communication is just like talking like really, you know, where, um, when somebody has said something and it really fucking hurts and it penetrates and it like goes and it like stabs you in the heart, like that's violent communication. It's just like feeling like you've gotten stabbed in the heart by some, what somebody's saying. And that can be, um, mentally, emotionally, you know, physically draining and it can, it can really, it can be painful, right? We can experience pain. Pain is subjective. We can experience so much pain pain from like the power of somebody's words and the energy behind the words right so um if we're not careful conflict can turn into that because there's such big emotions coming up and that's what i'm talking about with my little ones i always see like one has a big emotion the other one has a big emotion and they're now at the point in their lives where they're able to talk to each other but they're not like articulating well enough yet exactly what it is or taking personal responsibility for how one feels rather they're in that like blame game mode still which a lot of us adults also do in conflict and um a lot of the time our conflicts they turn into um we are it's like a contest who gets to the victim seat faster so we're like racing towards the victim seat um and a lot of us are not conscious to that we don't see that because we've just been taught that all our lives right so just notice if if I'm speaking, if I'm saying anything that resonates with you or that you notice happens in your own life, in your own family, in your own partnerships, in your relationships, just notice if I'm saying anything here, it's because I've experienced it myself. So you're not alone in this. And I don't want you to feel shame. Like my point is not to bring this up so that you feel shame or you feel shitty for the arguments that you get into and the conflict that you are in. Um, I... I'm, I'm here to say I relate, right? I'm here to say, I hear you. I see you. And here are some things that you can do. So, um, yeah, yeah. A lot of us get hooked on the details. We It can even become an addiction, right? Because like chemically, um, a lot of the time when, like I mentioned, arousal, like we get aroused chemically in our bodies when we are in fight or flight. And when we're constantly in that kind of like stress, um, and we're used to that, we can kind of train our bodies to become like addicted essentially to these chemicals and, uh, and need like, you know, sometimes need a hit from the chemicals that they provide this like rush. And I'm saying this only to get, to kind of bring consciousness to that. So I'm not at, in any way, I don't want you to use like words, like you're an addict, you know, like, don't, don't, don't do that. Don't call your partner an addict. Um, don't label, don't label. Um, these are things that actually kind of get us in like more into the conflict, right? Rather than like, if you're trying to avoid it, don't, don't do those things. Um, so my point is conflict is going to happen. There's no way that you can avoid conflict. Conflict will happen in relationships and being in a relationship is all about conflict. And this is great because again, conflict is an opportunity. You get to, in conflict, you get to have an opportunity to shift the way things are and change the way things are. Um, it is a, it's a really creative process if you let it be. Most of us though are fighting for something we didn't, maybe we, we had lost something when we were younger um, and we 
want to fight for that in our relationships and we want to fight for love and we want to fight to be seen and we want to fight to be heard and understood, um, then we might stick around in conflict and actually let our emotions start to dictate the conflict. Um, so just start to notice that if emotions are involved, like really maybe that's a time to step away a little bit, give yourself some room, give yourself some space uh, because with that space, you can use so much with that time that you give yourself, you can, you can do so much in that time. And you can have more effective arguments and more effective, you can have conflict in a healthier way. So allow yourself that space and that time to just kind of see clearly what's going on. So it's not about avoiding the conflict. Again, it's how you navigate the conflict. That's what matters. And if you're focusing on eliminating conflict, you're going to keep the conflict going because it's not resolved or repaired, right? The more you try to, it's like, hmm, for any moms out there i know i i make a lot of like mom uh family like um examples but any moms out there who have children who have ever had a fever uh let me tell you something about tylenol and all that kind of stuff okay so what tylenol does is it reduces the fever when somebody is sick right what what it does though is because you're reducing the fever the body's not doing what it needs to in order to attack whatever's in the body the fever is actually your body getting really hot because of the action that's happening in the body the action that your body's taking to fight off disease so a fever we're we're so threatened by fever right we're so threatened by fever um we're not actually looking at the underlying issues or like the actual root cause of the problem so in our society, in our world, we focus on, oh my gosh, somebody has a fever. Let's reduce the fever. The fever is a symptom of whatever, of the virus or whatever illness your child has. And you really should focus on that. Like we really should be placing our focus on what is this illness and how can I like, how can I get to the root of that? Right. I'm all about getting to the root of it and getting to the heart of something. So I don't like to just treat symptoms, although it is sometimes necessary to treat a symptom. I, I mean, obviously, if your child has like a 104 fever or higher, like you really want to get that fever down because then it could be life threatening. Right. So that's what Tylenol is for. And we're not taught if we're not taught, like if nobody teaches us these things then we wouldn't know. Right. Our bodies create fevers because it's trying to fight off the disease, the illness. So actually when you take Tylenol, sometimes it's like a 99 or a hundred. If you're taking Tylenol for a 99 or a hundred, what's going to happen, you'll notice is that the fever will go down, but it will actually probably linger a little bit longer because your body's not able to do what it needs to do to actually fight off the infection. So you're actually prolonging your fever or you're prolonging your illness by doing that because you're not allowing your body. It's like, you're not trusting your body enough to allow it to heal itself and to work itself. Okay. Again, not trying to shame anybody. You may not have known that. And I want to educate you and let you know about that. Right. And if you do know about it, great. You understand what I'm trying to say. And I hope that you follow in this case, you will keep the conflict going because it's not actually resolved or repaired. Whatever's on your heart that you value or what matters to you, it's still there. Even if you don't bring it up, if you never speak it and you try to avoid it, it's still there. It still matters to you. You still fucking love whatever it is that you, you know, you want to speak on, but you're just, it's fear that's getting in the way of having that conflict. And so really what you want to get to the bottom of is what am I afraid of? That's the real question. It's like, what is the fear surrounding this conflict? Okay. So if you're not facing it, like, if you have a feeling, um, sorry, if you're not facing it, then most likely um, you're not going to be free of it, right? Um, then we're just pretending that things don't exist. And I think what I've really learned in relationships is it's super helpful to show up where everybody feels like there's dignity um, in yourself and in the other person, that there's worth in yourself and the other person that you trust your partner and yourself. So to pretend is like, it's almost like you're um, treating the other person as if they're kind of a child or even treating yourself like you are a child. And um, yeah, I, I feel like a lot of the time we're just not conscious to this, right? Like, so 
do you trust yourself and do you trust the other person? And if you don't, that's okay. That's again, where you might start to notice, I need support in this area. I need, um, I need to get some help in this area. And there's no shame in that. It's the reason why my job exists. It's the reason why I created my job because I want to help people get through these things that I actually went through and is really quite normal. And you don't have to feel weird about all these things. Um, another thing is, okay, if you have really good ears, you probably heard screaming in the background. I had to pause my podcast. You're not even going to notice the pause. You might not even have noticed the screaming, but you know, it's funny. We're talking about conflict. And of course my kids are having a conflict and, um, yeah. So if, if there's any screaming in the background, you know why I had to go and, and kind of handle with them. So I'm going to kind of start wrapping things up here. And then maybe I have an example that I want to use and share with you because I feel like it might bring up a lot of insight. Um, but let me just kind of wrap up here with, let me share with you the one thing that you can do if conflict is not your, um, if conflict is not like your, the easiest thing for you to navigate, if conflict is where you're feeling the most challenged right now in your relationships, then do this. And, you know, this is kind of the, what to do after conflict. Uh, but hopefully everything that I've shared with you in terms of catching certain things, noticing your emotions when you're about to go into conflict before you before you uh, communicate that you have a conflict, notice the emotions that you're feeling, right? All of those things. So you may already use some of the things that I've mentioned here, but if all else fails and you still find yourself in this conflict loop and you just, it's endless conflict, endless fighting, endless arguing, then start here, okay? I had a friend who shared with me, she reminded me of something that I teach. It's funny because she reminded me. I'm just like, oh my gosh, yes, thank you, because I needed that reminder. As as a mom, I often feel like I put a lot of pressure on myself to keep my relationship with my kids and even with my husband perfect, because I'm a relationship coach too, right? It's like I want to make sure that now that I know the skills for conflict and navigating conflict, nothing should go wrong. Like that that thought creeps up in my mind a lot. So it's because I am a recovering perfectionist, you know, so I'm afraid and it comes from the fear of I don't want to traumatize my children the way I was traumatized. I don't want to traumatize. Them. I don't want things to settle in their bodies and for there to be tension in their bodies and for their for them to hold on to these like like intolerable memories all their lives, because I know that in order for me to be where I am today, I had to release all of that shit. So. I just don't want that shit to accumulate in their bodies. And my friend Kat reminded me that trauma, you know, Gabor Mate says that trauma isn't what happened to you. It's not those, those things we label traumatic. It's not the event that happened to you. It's actually what happens in your body as a result of what happened to you. So if I had these really weird feelings, like I mentioned, that are never resolved and I feel like really like there's a lot of tension and there's a lot of holding. Um, I have these really painful memories and, uh, you know, my body starts to like function oddly because of it. Like I have stomach issues and anxiety and depression and all of these things that just kind of get, we get stuck in that. We get stuck. And when that gets stuck and we don't know how to resolve it and we don't know how to get through it, then that can stay in our bodies for a very long time and make us sick. So trauma, trauma is what happens as a result of what happens to you. It's what happens inside your body as a result of what happens to you. Now, what Kat reminded me is a lot of the time as a mom, we are trying not to re-traumatize our children or traumatize our children, and we don't want to re-traumatize ourselves. So we're always trying to kind of avoid that conflict, but it's not about not losing it. She's like, I lost it with, she told me I lost it with my child the other day and I felt horrible. This guilt came onto me like immediately afterwards. And I realized that what I can do at that point is to repair the rupture with my child. And she shared that with me and it reminded me of, yes, that's what I've been doing. And yes, that's what I teach relationally when we have conflict or relationally, 
we all have four core needs. I talk about this a lot, but our four core needs is to feel safe. They're the four S's. And this was um, something that was taught to me from my teacher, Jason Gaddis from the relationship school. I want to give him credit. Uh, he says that we all have four relational needs. Um, we all have four needs in relationship, core needs in relationship. And they're the four S's. And that is to feel number one, safe. Number two, it's to feel seen and accepted by a partner, which means that no matter how shitty I feel I am, um, I can come to you and I can I can express myself to you. I can be seen by you. I can be witnessed by you. And you still accept me for who I am. You might not agree with what I did, but you accept me for who I am, right? We all, maybe, maybe you haven't experienced that yet, but we all know that if we experience that in our lives where it's like, I think I did this really shitty thing and we can confess that to somebody and they go, wow, I see you and I accept you for that, how healing that can be to feel seen and accepted. The third one is to be soothed or to feel soothed um, and soothing. That's where repair comes in. Uh, repairing the rupture actually falls under soothing. And that's what that's what Jason means when he says that we need to feel soothed in a relationship. It means that, okay, if we have a conflict and we have a rupture and we have some disconnection, can I get soothe by repairing the rupture? Can we repair the ruptures so that we can soothe and feel soothed in our relationship? Right? I mentioned that we need to feel safe enough. When we feel safe enough, now we can like we can kind of mobilize, right? Like we can actually create some action in our lives when we feel a little soothed by something, when we feel like it's safe enough to do that. When you're extremely scared, what happens to the body is sometimes we go into shock, right? Sometimes something like extremely scary or bad happens in our lives and we can go into shock. And when we go into shock, we get stuck and we get, we, we kind of become dead inside. We get stuck and we just keep reliving that moment. Um, so when we can feel safe enough is when we can start to, you know, that's when a lot of people start to take action, start moving, um, create momentum in their lives. And so Soothing is really important. It's one of the four core needs, one of the four S's, um, and that is to repair your ruptures. The last one is support and challenge, to feel supported and challenged. All right. So I mentioned if support and challenge. So notice that I mentioned earlier on this podcast that if you're feeling extremely challenged in this department of conflict, you may need some support. So what Jason means here is support and challenge needs to go, hand, it's hand in hand because if you're too challenged, you may shut down. And if you're too supported, you may, people might be enabling you or you may become complacent if you're too supported. So it's a nice balance to be both supported and challenged and to kind of be aware of it so that you can find that um, your footing on getting support and challenge, support and challenge and kind of ebb and flowing, right? So those are the four S's. Um, soothing is the third one. And again, repairing, repairing the ruptures start there. If you're not great at conflict yet, and you are like, you know, a lot of us are trying to just resolve it all together. And let me tell you after three hardcore years of learning and, and excavating and taking all the courses, I still have a little bit of, you know, it's, it still can be kind of challenging to bring up something to my husband that I'm not agreeing with or that I'm conflicted about in a choice that he's made, a decision that he's made. Maybe our values aren't aligning. Like to bring up topics like that will kind of like scratch on the fear, the underlying fears that I have. And those aren't going like they may never go away. Right. I'm not trying to get rid of my fear. My fear is my fear. But I don't want to allow fear to get in the way of taking action. So let's take action, right? Um, yeah, so when we repair the ruptures, when we repair with our children, when we lose them, when we repair with our um, with our significant others, when we lose it, what we're saying is, hey, I know we just had a disconnect right now. We just had a rupture, but I'm back. I'm here. I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to stay here until we get it right. I'm going to like work together. Can we co-commit to fixing whatever it is that needs to be fixed? If there's nothing that, that needs to be fixed right now, maybe it's not about being fixed, but can I just be with you? Can I be here now with you? And can I show my support? And can we figure this out together? And you can see how that can build trust. 
and build and, and create enough safety for action in a relationship. Okay, so that's what I will wrap up with. It builds trust. Um, we build trust in the repair. So let me recap, okay? Let's do a little recap. I mentioned earlier, relationships are not successful because they have no problems. And so if you're, if that is your major, if that's what your like criteria is, like it's, I'm just like busting that myth right now. Um, the whole point, like we get into relationships to have conflict, right? Um, you might not, hopefully you get this, but like if we are by ourselves, a lot of the time we can just kind of be like, mm, I just want to avoid that. I'm not going to do that. No, it's okay. It's like whenever we're, you, you all know, like being in a relationship, our significant others will sometimes push us to points that we're not willing to look at or see or do on our own. So sometimes the, the point in relationships is not to avoid arguments or conflict, but to see conflict as an opportunity to face something within ourselves and to change something in our dynamic and to bring up what my values are, what your values are. Okay. Um, again, we're all bound to have some kind of conflict at some point. Um, the, you know, conflict is usually paired with intensity, rage, um, discomfort, anxiety, um, all of that kind of like things that we call negative. And that's maybe the reason why we try to avoid it. And that makes a lot of sense. Um, you are not fucked up if you, if you end up, you know, in a rage, in conflict, you don't have to make yourself wrong. Um, it's very human to experience these things. And you can learn some skills that get you through conflict so that you can change your patterns. Mm. So the focus should be how you navigate the conflict. That's what matters. When you try to eliminate conflict, you keep the conflict going. Um, notice your tendencies to try to get things perfect or to even bring up conflict perfectly or to maybe not have conflict because you want to be perfect, right? Um, and, you know, nothing is ever perfect. So just kind of to relieve the pressure, nothing is ever perfect. And usually if we can, if we can embrace that imperfection, then we can start to have these conversations because these are really messy things. Like in relationships, relationships can be messy and conflict can be messy. And so a lot of the time we're afraid of that. Um, but don't let fear get in the way. Um, and if fear is getting in the way and you don't want it to be in the way anymore, take action, find support, get a support system going and, you know, create your village. Um, and then lastly, if you cannot, you know, this is the advice that I'm trying to give here is that if you, if you find yourself in this like constant loop of conflict, then focus on repair, right? Focus on the repair. That's one thing you can start doing today is if you get into conflict, come back and let your person know, let your partner know, Hey, I'm back. I'm here. You got to resource yourself. You can't do this, not resource, because if you're not resourced, if your nervous system is already haywire and you're trying to enter, re-enter a conflict, you might just get all overwhelmed again. And you can, it's like you're, there's more reaction when you're not resourced. When you're resourced and you, you create more spaciousness and more room in your relationships and you're able to kind of re-enter and, and feel a little bit more grounded and, and feel a little bit more centered um, and and with that, like, yeah, just there's a little bit more confidence there with that. And um, it just feels like your heart can be open in those in those situations. I'm all about like heart opening and keeping our hearts open. When our heart is closed and we're protecting and we're getting defensive and we're we can get really reactionary because we kind of push ourselves into that fight or flight mode and or we don't put ourselves there. We go into that mode. And then if we don't if we're not keen on, if we're not used to like taking a time out when we're there, we might kind of keep pushing on it. And that's really going to, it's really going to like activate um, 
and maybe even re-traumatize. And we're not trying to get to that place, right? Nothing good ever comes from a place where you're super activated and re-traumatized. So you might need to step away and and get a breather, um, you know, actually literally take some conscious deep breaths because scientifically those deep breaths are what allow for us to kind of bring in um, some... I don't know if they're like like a neurotransmitters. I think that allow us to kind of, you know, it brings um, online like your prefrontal cortex. You're able to kind of get out of the fight or flight, the scared animal reflexes and stuff like that, um, which give you a better chance of having an effective conversation with your partner. And when we repair, if you're repairing, you build trust and you soothe your partner, and you soothe yourself, it's like soothing a baby, right? Like if you like I mentioned, adults, we have like that inner child that really that really like, it matters to children, like children take things really seriously. You know, we just don't take them seriously as adults a lot of the time. But children and that's the reason why they hold on to certain things, because they're just like, adults don't take me seriously. But this is fucking serious to me. And we grow up and we have that those feelings inside of us still that are trapped inside of us still. And so it's like soothing a baby, right? Like when a baby's crying and you need to know, like you don't know what they need right away. You you maybe give them a pacifier, you, you offer your boob or you give them like some milk or something or you change their diaper. You have to figure out what it is that is the actual issue, right? Because if I just leave a diaper that's soiled on and I'm just like, eh, like the baby stopped crying, but it has a soiled diaper. It's going to get diaper rash, right? So I still need to... I soothe the baby so that the baby can kind of feel safe enough with me. And maybe um, they're soothed right now. They're feeling calmer. But then I still have to get to the bottom of the issue. And that creates that repair creates that soothing sensation, which creates a little bit of a safer environment, which allows for us to now have a conversation. Maybe we feel resource enough now so that we can have the conversation and really release what it is that needs to be released, talk about the things that actually matter to us, et cetera, et cetera. So I think this has been, this has gone long enough. So I'm going to go ahead and just publish it the way that it is right now. And I will definitely bring up the example. Um, I had a, a an example, um, a visual for conflict that I'll probably talk about. Maybe I'll do a part two so that I can break things up a little bit here. Thanks so much for listening. If you got value from this podcast and you're feeling called to do this, I would really appreciate if you could write me a review uh, for my podcast because what that does is it allows for others who stumble upon the podcast to see, um, to know that this is worth their time and also creates more reach. So let people know if this was worth your time, let them know it was worth your time so that they know that it's worth their time to listen to. I really appreciate you being here and we'll talk soon.